Welcome, everybody, to the second Say Os Again podcast. Say Os Again! This is your host, Matt, otherwise known as the only boxing writer on the MMA team to have a podcast. I'm joined today by Fight Site and Heavy Hands guest, Tommy Elliott. How are you, Tom? Dude, I'm good, man. <laughs> Happy to be here. The only boxing <laughs> I am. Taylor's podcast is done, so I'm the only boxing analyst who has a podcast. It's a that voice, everybody. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and that voice, everyone, is the number one Aljo sexual on <laughs> Ben Cohn. How are you today, Ben? Well, now I'm. A, I mean, I've never had my Aljo sexuality like named. So you've I outed guess him. that's it. You've outed yeah, him. you've outed me, man. Uh, I'm good. Also, I, I gotta thank the Heavy Hands guys for the shout out at the end. That was very nice of them. I would like to thank them too, even though I know Connor has not read a single article of mine. Matt, he doesn't want you on there. Just I don't stop. want to be on. Yeah, you liar. You I liar. I don't watch MMA much. Like, what, what am I going to talk about? How Jockery got killed well, by Kim Collins? No, it's because grappling is fake. That's why he doesn't God, want so, to have anyone so, on the podcast. I God, I really desperately need Izzy to get knocked out with, like, a dumb, like, shifting combination so that we could then just go, kickboxing is fake, too. The only real sport is wrestling and boxing. So. I mean, res- yeah, wrestling. Is yeah, the just only wrestling. Sport. Wrestling is the only real sport, really. Yeah, so welcome to everyone's favorite fake <laughs> combat sports podcast. Uh, today, we're going to talk a little bit about the best guards to start out with uh, in jiu-jitsu. But first, uh, there was something big that happened this weekend. Normally, we don't cover much grappling, uh, sport grappling that happens. Occasionally, we'll probably talk about the World Championships in Gi and ADCC when it happens, hopefully in 2021 if we're lucky. Uh, hey, IBJJF uh, Nogi Worlds is legit now because you can heel hook, so it'll actually be interesting. Is it though? I, you know, I have high hopes. I have high hopes. I don't think it'll. It's not going to be considered a major, the way ADCC I, I, is. We, we should talk about this. I think it might be. I think it might be. They needed to do it. There was no chance of them continuing to to like be the top dog if they couldn't if they didn't allow it. They had to. They did. So, do Gordon and Craig do it? Because I think if Gordon doesn't do it, nobody will count it. Um, uh, Gordon probably won't because he'll just just doesn't f you to IBJJF. Unless, well, unless after the last Pans one, where Cyborg just slapped him for well, like five minutes straight. Well, he might he might do it if somebody's good enough and just starts wrecking everybody at IBJJF Worlds um, for like a couple years straight and starts doing the trash talk thing where he's like, I'm the best in the world and Gordon will come to my world or some shit. Yeah. Cannon Duarte, someone like that. Mm-hmm. You know, Gordon doesn't want to... Gordon has an issue with Kynan where basically the Modolfo camp footage, for those who don't know, the head organizer of ADCC organizes camps where he has the top fighters come and train. They were supposed to record a video... Well, they did record uh, matches of them, uh, just rolling sessions... And Kynan and I believe JT Torres, although I'm not completely sure, refused uh, to sign to let them use the footage. So Gordon has said unless Kynan wins the absolute, he won't fight Kynan in any competition for money. I enjoy that you keep referring to these as fights. It's cute. It really is. It's only a fight if Tex Johnson is doing it. 
Uh, that's actually a, a sexual assault. That's what you're thinking of. Damn it! Fuck no, I'm thinking of when he punched that guy in the face. That kid. Oh, that's his name. Uh, Tackett. Yeah. Yeah. Shout yeah. out to Gambucci for uh, those killers out in Texas. But uh, yeah, I don't think IBJJF Worlds will be seen as a. Uh, It'll be seen as just as like the second biggest in the world. It is what it is. If the Danaher guys don't go, which I think there's a strong chance they don't, I don't think anyone will count it. Conscientious um, uh, objectors. Yeah. yeah. How many Danaher guys are there, though, that are really a, a huge deal anymore? I mean, Tonin's at MMA, Cummings left. Cummings is done, yeah. So you have Taza. Taza's, yeah. uh, Taza's, Taza's, Taza's not a DDS member. guy. He, he, he was trained. not originally. I mean, yeah, Jones he's, he's, considered, he's considered a senior member. He's in um, Puerto Rico he's, with them right now. Uh, really? But he re- he lived yep. in tri- uh, in Montreal for a really yeah, long time. He was he, training he, out yeah. at TriStar. He's now considered a DDS guy. All right. They, they adopted him. That's bullshit. But okay. he's not a DDS guy. I know well, because he came to Marcellus. I'm counting even Krenlinson, too, because Krenlinson is with them in Puerto Rico. I yeah, believe... I think, think Krohn's and you could call him a DDS guy, but I'm with Ben on, on yeah. Taza. That's a... Nicky Ryan. You have Gordon. Yeah, Nicky. Yeah, Nicky Gordon, sure. Nick Rodriguez. And then you got a couple other junior members of the team. I I, it, I think, but there's so many, there's so little names, especially if a guy like Ronaldo Jr., who just lost to Craig, wins yeah. something like IBJJF Worlds, which I don't think he will. Like, it... it is Wagner even going to do IBJJF Worlds? Like, it's usually just Cyborg. I mean, all the yeah. top guys. I and, think um, that you get more of a chance for the DDS guys with the heel hooks being legalized because I and reaping because I was I, it would allow them to show so much more of their game. I could see them having. Yeah, but they're a, not getting paid for it, and why would they do that when they can make yeah. five thousand a super fight? Problem is that other than Gordon, also like I don't know if their guys are going to be winning at the top level anyway. Yeah, I think Craig, they could all. I Craig think Nicky, Nick, Nicky, uh, Ryan, Mike. Craig, Craig would probably Craig lose to Mateus again, honestly. Yeah, especially under IBJJF rules. Uh, and even Abu Dhabi rules, he'll be, he'd lose. Yeah. Anything yep. other than sub only, I'm not really sure Craig's going to beat him. Okay, that's yeah. Mateus, and Mateus has won one tournament at Black Belt. That mattered. Yeah, I mean, he's beaten Craig Jones, what, twice or three times? But he's only won one tournament. So. I get he's a bad matchup for Craig, but saying he's auto- Craig's automatically going to come in second, I think, is a little preposterous. How many tournaments has Craig Jones won? Yeah, literally. I mean, Craig, Craig's a super fight guy. Like, he's a badass, but I don't know that tournaments are a good measure of... He uh, hasn't won. His second place finish at Abu Dhabi was his highest accolade, yeah. and he lost to Mateus. EBI. EBI. Uh, <laughs> EBI, he didn't win. Listen, Craig has looked a lot improved a ton since he... Join the death squad, so I wouldn't put it past him to win. I agree. Uh, his Mateus best a win. Hold on. I, his I, best I, win. Hold on. His best win since losing to. Um, uh, I'm looking at it. One second. Yeah, the heroes. Since losing to Mason, was Jimenez. Yeah, I mean that's it's a good win. Fighting. It's a great win, but like then he beat Brent Primus, Satoshi Ishii. Like, come on. Okay, he came in second place at ADCC, then beat the number one guy at that time at 185 in a pandemic where that not that many people competing. Uh, that's kind of like the worst time to have that win, though, because it's worth the least because of uh, yeah. the, the current training situation. 
he still came in second at ADCC. Yeah, and then my, my, wait, he might not win, but I think the idea of saying, "Oh, you're literally Mateus. shitting on Mateus for only winning," I'm not one shitting on Mateus. I'm saying it's a bad argument by saying he won't have a chance of winning because he lost to the one guy who beat him at ADCC, who's also only won one tournament. I think Mateus beats him nine out of ten times, but I'm th- saying it's not a guarantee that Mateus gets to the finals every time. Mm. Yo, dude, all right, relax. We get it. You like Craig Jones. <laughs> I like Craig Jones too, but I'm not sure right. he stops Mateus from getting to the finals. All right, back to stuff that people are going to care about. Uh, Gordon Ryan Galval, do you guys want to speak a little bit about uh, about the incident? Both of them are idiots, and it's really hard to make Gordon Ryan look sympathetic, but wow, Andre Galval managed to do it. Well, play, well played. It, it's, I have so little patience for jiu-jitsu drama. You know, I'm old enough to remember the, uh, the late 90s and the early 2000s in jiu-jitsu where... You know, there were guys, like, slapping each other and challenging challenging each other to MMA fights that never happened right and left. And it's just tiresome. Um, you know, I think uh, if you look at... Gordon himself is is obviously an exceptional uh, competitor, but, like, why you're going to slap a guy who's, like, very past prime, may not compete again, oh, who knows... Um, you know, multiple-time ADC, ADCC medalist, uh, one of the one of the very few people, maybe the only one of them, Marcella, who is both trained and trained Abu Dhabi winners and uh, won Abu Dhabi himself. Uh, it's a pretty select group. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, come on, man! Like you've beaten their guys on the mat. Like, what are you trying to prove by slapping him? Like, it's it's such a juvenile, stupid move, and it's. It's so funny because it's there. There's no, there's no like greater tough guys than tough guys who compete in a sport where you barely wrestle and you don't punch each other. It's, I don't know. It's it strikes me as ludicrous. You gave that way more analysis than it actually needed. <laughs> like, like it's just it's Gordon fucking Ryan. This is the dude who thinks that poor people shouldn't be poor because they should just be not poor. I don't expect any better of him than this. But when uh, apparently Andre Galval shoved him and it's just like, I uh, like expected him to prior to the slap. Have, yeah. Apparently yeah. off camera, he shoved him first. So uh, like for, for Gordon was, who, yeah. Yeah. For those who didn't that. see it, Craig defeated Hinaldo Jr. By heel hook in about five minutes. Gordon went to shake Andre Galval's hand. Galval flipped him off. Gordon walked to the back as he was walking to the back. Galval was yelling pussy at him on the phone. Gordon walks to up to him. Galval shoves him. Gordon slaps him. They walk away. Gordon slaps him again. And then they start yelling. And everyone's just standing there Awkward wondering thing. what the hell's happening. Until Gabby Garcia, there, yeah, until until Gabby Gabby Garcia, Garcia comes up. by. And then everyone's like, oh, okay, never mind. Is there any footage of Galval pushing Gordon? Yeah. No. Oh, man. Oh, I didn't see the footage of him shoving him. I posted this online. Yeah, but nobody follows you. Yeah, I ignore I have 355. No one follows me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, if Galvao shoved him, then fuck him both. Yeah, so now that the podcast has become everything I did not want it to be, uh, let's talk about how uh, to build a game from what specific guards you should use uh, to start out. So, Tommy, uh, as a black belt, how about you take that away? Butterfly. I agree. Or half butterfly, but 
same thing. Well, butter, butterfly generally, because it, it teaches you a lot of very fundamental principles that are useful for um, for really every aspect of your game. It teaches you how to hand fight. It teaches you how to get under people. Um, it teaches you how to transition between positions. It teaches you that jujitsu is just a form of wrestling and you need to approach it with that kind of aggressive mindset. Um, <clears throat> and it teaches you how to scramble. Uh, you know, it's a very scrambly guard in many instances. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's very dynamic. It's good to start with. You don't. The, the main thing that's good about it is it's almost impossible to get in static position, positions where you just hold the guy. And that's something that I think is really detrimental to uh, the development of um, of young uh, young jujitsu players um, is getting enamored with guards where they can stop better people, but they have absolutely no counter chances. That's a very bad way to to begin your development. Yeah, that was kind of a big problem with my early development. I would say is that my uh, a large portion of my guard game was just focused on. Close guard, like I said, I love that the flower sweep or the pendulum sweep. Yeah. And um, while it's a really good um, guard uh, in general, it doesn't really teach you a lot about, like you said, learning how to be aggressive and how to attack properly. And it, it took me a while to get out of that. Um, happens to be, despite the fact that I am a Marcelo guy, my butterfly game is not my uh, go-to game yeah. whatsoever. It's not bad. It's it's serviceable. Is how I would put it. Um, Matt could tell you I rarely really use it, but when I do, I can I can bust out a, a nice butterfly sweep. Um, my I would say that uh, a good second guard to learn after you get really good at the butterfly guard would be uh, a really good half guard because I think what the butterfly guard teaches you, um, in, in, you know, because you like we said I believe on the last podcast where like if you have the butterfly, you gotta go. It's not a stolen guard. You yeah. have to be aggressive. You have to work. Uh, and what I like about the half guard is that there are ways to do both of that. You have to be aggressive if you actually want to accomplish something from there, but you do also have that ability to kind of shut people down, slow the game down if you do need a breather. And I do think that um, the butterfly is a better first guard to learn at a, at the lower belts because, again, like you said, teaches you that aggression. It's a really versatile and uh, useful position to learn. Uh, but I think if you're going to be getting up to a certain point uh, – Learning a really good half guard um, is is probably your best second option. If it's something yeah. that you would gravitate more towards, you can also do it as a first option as well. Uh, because I think that half guard gives even more opportunities uh, for attacks specifically from the bottom. If you do want to be a bottom player for whatever reason, I don't recommend it. Get on top. But if you want to be a bottom player, there's a lot of stuff you could do from half guard that really, especially now with the uh, with the popularization of the leg lock game you could you could really mm -hmm. get to some really interesting spots i personally find that i have an easier time getting to single leg x and x guard from the half guard than i do from the butterfly so mm. which is weird i know that's weird but that's just personally something i find to be more uh, successful for me and i think a large portion of that has to do with also that wrestling is becoming more popular Mm. Uh, in jiu-jitsu and I feel like a lot of people I would go with if I start to try and do butterfly they'll just back away but if I pull yeah. them into my half guard they're not able to back away there's nowhere to go so I'm able to pull into those positions uh, more effectively and easily but yeah that's my take on it yeah you, you absolutely have to have a half guard there's no way around it um, you're going to end up in half guard frequently you have to have a game there even if it is just to tr defend and transition to other guards everybody needs a half guard mm -hmm. game 
you should have some ideas there by the time you're late, I'll say, at the latest. Matt, you are the host. You do have to talk. <laughs> All right, I'll give my thoughts. Uh, so I play mostly half butterfly. Uh, so it's a combination of Ben's and Tommy's ideas. Uh, and a lot of my inspiration from it has come from Adam Wardzinski because, as Ben said, you can keep someone when you have a half guard, you can keep someone in. So the way I do it is I try to utilize the grapevine, but also the aggressiveness of Butterfly being able to transition other guards such as uh, single leg X or X from that elevation, plus the aggressiveness you need with the half Butterfly, especially getting an, either an underhook or an overhook, uh, as Ben will would tell you uh, with the gym that both uh, him and I uh, go to uh, under uh, Gene, sorry, uh, Gene is basically get that underhook, get that overhook, control the elbow, and go for your butterfly sweep. And I think something that both of you guys uh, touched on is the aggressiveness that both of these those guards uh, make you have. You can't just sit back and wait uh, because in jiu-jitsu, you're going to lose once you uh, lose that tempo. Uh, I think that's a huge portion that I think we should cover at some point. Uh, but maintaining tempo is a huge part of being successful. And uh, I think both of those guards, because of how close you are, which is not a thing, neither of these guards are like Delahiva, where someone's standing up, uh, have utility in both gi and no gi. Uh, it allows you to continue to fight uh, as opposed to just focusing completely on guard retention. Um. Yeah, uh, Tommy, what are, what are your thoughts on on putting attention into a closed guard? How much would yeah. you, if you're teaching someone ground up, how much attention would you would you have them pay to the closed guard? I think the closed guard is, I think it's very important to have a good closed guard game. Because if you can become, it's an incredibly dangerous guard. The reason you don't see it all that often at very high levels is not because it doesn't work, it's because most top players are very good at denying it because they know that if they get in close guard on top it will at the very least it's going to be a very hard match right, right. like it, you end up with a very thin margin of error for doing the right thing when you're uh, in close guard um so you know i think if the uh if the bottom if, if you as a guard player get good at getting to close guard it is well worth investing in from um from a technical standpoint and getting good at the attacks from there because it's enormously powerful. Um, and while it's not as in vogue these days, because I think largely because it is harder to just get there in the first place, um, you have seen competitors over time have enormous success with that. I mean, Hydra Gracie just wrecked people with close guard. Uh, Shanji Hibero um, has a very, uh, very powerful close guard. And even in the last ADCC, even though he's you know an older guy now, um, he was wrecking guys. I think he caught maybe two arm bars from close guard um, in Abu Dhabi. So, you know, it's it's still very, very powerful um, if it's harder, maybe harder to get than it used to be. And it, it, again, is a position you will end up in at times. So you need to have at least a basic idea of what you want to do from there. Um, yeah, I, 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 I agree with that. I do think that um, there is a... I, I would say that it's not a good um, base guard, though. No, at least at least now. I don't um, think you can put your entire game into it just because you're betting that you can force someone into close guard, which probably yeah. at a lower level. 
<clears throat> once you get past a certain point or when you're in the gym and someone knows your game, what are the chances that they're not going to be completely focused on stifling your ability to get to that guard? And yeah. what are your counters going to be if you focus solely on closed guard? Once someone's doing much more uh, speed passing, outside passing, <coughs> right. close in. Right, yeah. that, and that's what I'm saying, is that I, 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 in terms of like a first guard, I mean, a lot of schools will put, I feel, too much emphasis on time in the closed guard. And yeah. at least, I think that everyone who's a white belt should know how to play a closed guard, at least the basics, how to set up an armor, how to set up a triangle, how to set up a guard, you know, guard retention of a cover guard, and sweep some guard. But um, I don't think it's something that should be too paid too closely attention to, at least at first, because it doesn't, like, it, there's no real, it's very rare to see dynamism from the close guard, right? At least not yeah. at a non-angry level. When you watch, like, a white belt or blue belt match, and it's, like, five, six minutes of close guard, you just want to die. You want to, but, well, first you want to kill the two people on the mat, and then you want to kill yourself so that you don't have to remember what you've just watched. I know this because I went back and watched a couple of my matches from when I was like a white and blue belt. Holy shit, they are horrible. I was just holding people in closed guard and would win by an advantage or a sweep. That was it. And it's just really, it wasn't conducive to my growth yeah. as a jiu-jitsu player. And I think that's the from my own failings. I feel like I can definitely would say that it's something that if you're in a jiu-jitsu school and you're there for six months, eight months, and you're just really focused on closed guard, open it up and the reason yeah. why i say that is because the biggest thing was i was afraid of having my guard pass so i would never open up my closed guard ever i would I risk anything it was bad yeah i somewhat ha like disagree a little bit i think the utility of spending time in closed guard is learning how to break posture which i think is a big point of jujitsu right. and how to use angles so i wouldn't say build a whole game but i think as someone who spent zero time in closed guard and is regretting it and trying to play a little bit more, I think the ability to use angles with either arm drags or just uh, shifting your hips, uh, being able to break posture is something that you can use at all levels. And so I would say it's probably good to spend a good two, three months there, but I agree I wouldn't build a game through closed well, guard. Well, yeah, then you're not disagreeing with me. Then we agree. Okay. Well, one yeah. of the things about the primacy of closed guard is, you know, you have to remember kind of the origins of jiu-jitsu as a MMA slash self-defense martial right. arts, and that still informs the pedagogy. And, um, <clears throat> you know, there are a lot of schools where the first things you learn from closed guard are like how to tie people's arms down so they can't punch you, right? Like, so I think that probably contributes a lot to be, it being taught as a first guard is the uh, the self-defense um, aspect of it, the, the real fighting aspect of it. Um, and there's something to be said for that, honestly. Um, you know, it's rather hard to teach somebody how to effectively use butterfly guard in a real fight, uh, you know, in, in a few months. Carlos Conda could do it. <laughs> yes, yes. Everybody should be judged by the standards of professional martial artists. No, 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 not uh, professional martial artists, just <laughs> Carlos Condit. Just, just yeah. Carlos Condit. You know, actually, one of my favorite... survived against JT Torres with just Butterfly Guard. Well, well you know, Cain Velasquez actually um, got up from uh, Brock Lesnar's takedowns via with Butterfly Guard. With the Butterfly Guard. Guards. Those and were awesome. And it was, it was beautiful. Yeah, it was beautiful. And, and, and tore his shoulder. The fuck out. And it was a great, and I loved it. Well, I was very sad because I like pork. <laughs> That's very funny. Uh, so yeah, 
I can't think of that many examples of butterfly in MMA uh, other than the boring Rory and Rory Damien. Rory versus Damien was good. Uh, yeah, which we watched. Um, Lawler. 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 A lot, of, a, a lot of people will use a butterfly hook to help them disengage from the ground and get back to their feet. Sweeps from butterfly guard are exceedingly rare. One yeah. guy who does it, Rafael Froles, ACA guy, uh, Brazilian. I'm not sure if you can find his fights anymore since ACA has been uh, sanctioned by the U.S. government. But he has a uh, really good half butterfly game where he sweeps people. I know Ali Bagov has huh. it too for single leg X. Yeah, Ali Bagov is canceled though. That's my favorite article on the fight site. No offense, you guys. We weren't offended, or do, nor do we care. All right. So, I'm actually yeah, so. that my Edward Tellez article isn't your favorite because that was a, a good jiu-jitsu guys article. Matt is a sellout. I, me? Matt's a sellout. He's a sellout. Yeah. Where's our Black Rifle sponsorship, by the way? Oh, <laughs> our favorite ben, not Nazis. Speaking of advertisements, Ben, would you bail out someone who killed two people in a protest? Wait, what? Would you bail out two people who killed? Uh, sorry, would you bail out somebody who killed two people at a protest? Of course, who wouldn't? Yeah. So Black Rifle, Co- Black Rifle Coffee might be the uh, coffee company for you. Put in the code N A Z I at checkout and get twenty five percent off. <laughs> I feel like I feel like what Matt's gonna smell? show up. Matt's gonna show up someday with like a swastika tattoo, and it's like this is ironic, guys. It's only ironic. Like Matt, I have uh, seen your new gi. You should have worn your Nazi gi. Dude, my coach thought it was a socialist gi. It's not. Very yeah. much not. National socialist. For those who don't know, Matt bought a gi that just straight up has a Nazi armband on it without also the actual the Nazis swastika. Also, the Nazis were not socialists. It's, yes. it's actually the Marigali gi. And he's, his nickname is The German. So. Oh, I can't imagine why they would make that connection. And John Thomas, who uh, trains with Nordic people in Sweden. So Noticing some sort of weird trends here. I spent $170 to troll that fucking company. You literally <laughs> spent $170 on That was game. really dumb. That was a terrible life decision. He loves the gi. Which, I love the gi. I, I mean, if it's a great gi. It's so comfortable and it's so well done. I would recommend it to people, but you look like a Nazi if you wear it, especially with my complexion. Speaking of geese, you're I've... Italian. You look like a brown shirt. <laughs> I'm more Irish uh, than Italian. So I can't wait till he's a brown belt so that we can make brown shirt jokes for like the entire time. <laughs> you think I'm going to be a brown belt? You don't think I'll tear my ACL twice before that? I There's no ACL. way I'm not going to have to take a year off at some point in between. Yeah, it's fine. Once you get married. This Bumble girl. <laughs> I mean, I have it on the podcast. I have family listening. <laughs> you can edit it. You can edit it. Uh, you literally, edit. You're literally the podcast host. You can edit this at any time. Also, for legal pers- uh, purposes, uh, Black Rifle did not sponsor us. All right, back to the guard. So uh, I want to speak a little bit about Butterfly Guard because as someone who plays half Butterfly, a Marcelo guy, and someone who also loves Butterfly, uh, Tommy and I have spoken about this in the past, uh, but there are four main components of Butterfly. Uh, so, Tommy, if you want to explain those and then discuss how they influence Jiu-Jitsu, that'd be awesome. Well, so let's just talk a little bit about 
how you play Butterfly. So this is going to get pretty wonky, but I'll assume that all like eight of our listeners are jiu-jitsu guys, so they'll probably appreciate the uh, the technical depth. So everyone thinks about Butterfly Guard as being you have your insteps under the guy's thighs. But the the actual fact is that is not the last step, but that's like pretty far down the path of playing Butterfly Guard. Really what Butterfly Guard is, it's wrestling off your butt. And the reason that that is a useful description is, is because it means what's important. Well, hand fighting is important. Head position is really important. Um, inside space is really important. So when you are playing butterfly guard, really your feet should be active on the guy, the other guy's knees, their hips, etc., moving them. And you should be hand fighting and trying to enter into a good position. And it's only when you get a solid over under, uh, double under, or double over in some cases, uh, lock that you will insert one hook and start playing to sweep the guy. And a lot can happen uh, in between, um, getting, that, getting that grip and, um, and sweeping the guy. Um, but, you know, leading up to that point, the hand fighting, you got to be good at arm drags. You got to be good at snapping guys down into guillotines. Um, it's helpful to be good at uh, standing up, actually, to be uh, to getting out quickly and, and getting into a front headlock position and uh, going to the back, taking a lot of guys back from Butterfly Guard. It's a very, very underrated uh, way to play it. Um, if the guy starts to step up, you need to be very quick on the ankle pick or the single leg. Um, it, it's really about building in these kind of base reactions to certain positions right when they occur. Um, while at the same time always working your hand fighting, trying to get to those strong clinch positions so that you can insert the hook and start playing for a sweep. Now, half butterfly is a little different, but I'll, um, a little different story, but uh, I'll, I'll, I'll pause there. I mean, Ben, is that, uh, is there anything I missed there, you think, in terms of uh, how to approach playing butterfly? No, there's literally nothing for me to add. I really don't have anything to add to that. Like, um, yeah, and, and no. <laughs> I mean, you covered basically, uh, yeah. Did we mention the use of snap downs? Yes. Yes. Okay. That was. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you covered literally everything about what you need to do in, in, in a butterfly guard, or at least uh, it, it, to actually have an effective butterfly guard. And I think, yeah, like you said, the most common misconception is everyone's like, get the instep and start to do that butterfly sweep that everyone knows and uh, some people love. But there's a lot more to it. And it, yeah. like you said, it's wrestling from your butt. And I was actually um, just showing somebody, uh, a wrestler from Tajikistan, I think, at this MMA gym that I'm at. And he was, I was like, he, I was explaining to him, like, from, for, for you, he was, like, asking me to show him clothes guard. And I'm like, no, you're not doing clothes guard. And I showed him from the butterfly, just, like, just basic, like, create space and yeah. come up for a single leg create space to, or do the arm. Like, and I was just showing him like, this is your guard. If you're on bottom, you're doing butterfly guard. Um, and it's especially useful for, I would say, wrestlers who come over, yeah, cross over to jiu-jitsu. I think that's definitely more so than a, a guy who's purely coming to do jiu-jitsu. If you're some sort of wrestler or judoka or something like that, and you're like on your butt, you want to learn that kind of guard where you can mm. actually utilize those skills that you've already acquired. Um, and I think that's also a quick tangent. If you're somebody who has a previous skill set 
this idea that you need to completely throw that skill set aside to learn the new skill set is 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 ridiculous to me. Totally yes, wrong. there's it's just like totally I understand wrong. like you can have like times where you're like, okay, I will not wrestle, I will work off my back the entire time. That's fine. But your whole you have a whole skill set you built up integrated into have your new skills integrated into what you're already good at. Um, quick side tangent, I just hate that shit. It is dumb. Yeah. It's like a wrestler who falls in love with his hands and forgets his wrestling. That. I, I, so, you speak a lot about... <laughs> so, you spoke about a little bit um, wrestlers uh, using the butterfly guard. Yep. For someone who can't come up on singles because they get magic stick, <laughs> what is the utility of the butterfly for them and how do they build out that game to incorporate um namely single legs and i think the guillotine is also a huge part of the butterfly meaning you can't wrestle so what do i do if i can't wrestle yes other than learning how to wrestle that would be my advice what'd you say tommy that would be my advice learn how to yeah like you could also just learn how to wrestle but i get what you're saying uh um i mean you gotta do it it's just, just Brazilian, <clears throat> just Brazilian I mean, choke wrestling. Yeah, not... like you could do, like, like you could learn how to wrestle without learning how to wrestle, right? Like, the arm drag is technically is wrestling. Like, you can learn every that. Every short in the world that has an arm drag in it. Exactly. Like, it's so that, good. It's the best. Like, you get the back if you do it well, and you can escape from off your butt and get back to standing position yeah. if you get doesn't. Like, there's so much to to, to work from there. So. Um, I think what, what I meant to say is, aside when you're playing Butterfly Guard, aside from the single leg, what are the ancillary pieces that make a good Butterfly Guard game? What I mean, what else yeah, do you so, need to uh, emphasize that as a part of the game? Single leg's not a real important part of Butterfly. I mean, it's a yeah. thing that you want to be able to do if the guy stands up and backs away. Um, but I think that you know the, the really the, the the really key thing to Butterfly Guard is just being good at hand fighting. And recognizing how to get into your advantageous upper body position. So whether that's double under, over under, or, or double overs. Depend, again, any of those can be good depending upon um, other variables. But being able to get to those uh, those strong positions. Because if you can achieve a good, a good upper body clinch um, from the butterfly guard, like you should sweep the guy virtually every time. They, yeah. that, that should just happen. Yeah, there's there's no reason why if you can't establish a really really strong underhook or overhook or like you said whatever grip you prefer, if you can't if you can establish that uh, consistently, you're gonna be able to um, work that game really really easily and really really well. Yeah. Regardless of how good the person is, if you have really good deep double underhooks and you're in the butterfly guard, you're gonna get the sweep. You're gonna get to wherever position you're looking to get to. Um, I think from from with regard to ancillary pieces, uh, it's not about the ancillary pieces. It's about setting up those, like you said, the, those that ability to get the grips or or position you need to in order to actually be able to get to those sweep or I guess technically there are some submissions from there. Um, uh, <clears throat> the Marcelo armor thing, uh, arm lock thing. So I mean, from from the butterfly, once you have the 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 underhook or the overhook or whatever you're using like there's so many options to to, mm -hmm. to work in from there it's just kind of like what you're drawn to like if you want to if you're really a wrestler and you'd love to like 
elevate people and go for the single leg or kick them away and like just create the space to, to or an arm drag or whatever whatever you're looking for there um, you can you can bring them up and then kick them into a single leg X guard or to an X guard it's, yeah. there's a lot to do and play with there it's just a matter of what you're drawn to with your game or what fits into the rest of the game that you're building so it's just yeah. about like yeah posture position and getting those underhooks or overhooks or whatever I think one thing that's hard for a lot of jiu-jitsu guys with uh, butterflies, you know, there's this, this is kind of addiction to ever finer gradations of, of technique in, uh, in jiu-jitsu. You know, there's this notion that uh, a match is like, that he does this, then I do this, then he does this, and I yeah. do this. And, um, and butterfly just doesn't have that. Like, you can learn all the moves you need for butterfly guard in a two-hour seminar. But then you have to practice it for years until you have the feel, until you get good at hand fighting and good at positioning. And there's just no way to shortcut it. So I, I think that it's it's something that doesn't... A, a lot of people like jiu-jitsu because they, they feel like as long as they have more knowledge that they can win. But Butterfly Guard isn't like that. It's not about knowledge in the sense of like I know more techniques than you. It's right. I am better. I am better at this core thing than you are, and therefore I'm going to win. Um, which is actually how grappling really is. Um, mm -hmm. But you know, people don't like that because then the answer to most problems is just well, you just need to train for another few years until you're better. Yeah, that's actually that's what I love about. I, I, I think I think I have a perfect anecdote that kind of explains what you're saying in an actual human being. Uh, Gene was a blue belt for ten years because he just never wanted to get promoted or to be yeah. there or whatever it is. But like his core game for his entire time was just getting literally double overhooks or underhooks or whatever. It's just a butterfly sweep, just a butterfly game, a very simple. He had three, four options from there that he would be able to cycle between, but he was so tight and so much better at you yeah. in that position that he would sweep you. And he's I've watched him wearing the blue belt do it to black belts, and it was really, really funny to watch because the black belts didn't get what was happening. Um, and I think that's really <clears throat> gets at the core of it. Like, there, like you said, there's no shortcuts to that. And yeah. there are these common misconceptions that people have about jujitsu. Like you were saying, you do this, I do that, you do this. The chess, the chess analogy. Yes. Um, when in reality, it's uh, it's it's more of just about like I'm going to be really, 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 really good at this specific thing, and if you're not doing the work to train in that position itself as well, I'm going to beat you there, and that's yeah. it. And you have guys who can do that with. A core set of like two, three, four moves that they're that damn good at, and just beat you every time because they'll put you in that spot and they're better than you there, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, most of winning at jujitsu comes down to to a couple of things. Um, you know, can you force any role or match, any engagement into the spots where you are better, where uh, you have a, an advantage of some sort, and then when you are in more fluid positions, do you recognize what's happening faster than the other guy? And are you able to react more quickly than he is? And that has both a mental and a purely physical component, but um, it's mostly mental. Um, but, you know, none of that's a question of, do I know a million techniques? It's how, just how good are you? It's a function of skill. And then I think another thing with Gene and uh, the butterfly is 
you could use it in both gi and no gi. And I think my next question yeah. is, how do you approach the grip fight in gi versus uh, in no gi with the, with the gi at your disposal? Yeah. Well, I mean, in, it's in no gi. Uh, are we talking sweaty or not sweaty? Because it changes things a little bit. Both. We have time. Okay. Well, when you're sweaty, um, you can't usually get grips on like the wrists as easily um or even on the bicep tricep whatever it's it's hard so you're going to need larger surface areas to be able to grip at least in my experience yeah. you need body larger locks. surface areas body locks uh deep under hooks or, mm -hmm. or tight over hooks yeah. um in the gi i mean it's pretty straightforward you have those smaller areas to be able to grab is a lot more hand fighting literally where you're breaking grips and 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 making your own um, there's ways to utilize the gi to block your opponent from actually being able to make their own grips. It's, it's a lot different uh, grip yeah. fighting in the gi versus no gi. Grips, grips are a lot more consequential in the gi. You know, if you're yeah. playing butterfly um, in the gi, the, the instant, and I, I tell all my students, it's the instant somebody grabs your pants, like you have to break that grip. You cannot let it just sit there. Because if you do, you're going to get passed. Um, so it's really, really important, uh, especially in the gi, that any of the any of the grips that your opponent is trying to make on you, that you either strip or neutralize right away. Um, and in terms of your own grips, it also means that once you get something, it's much harder for the opponent to get back. So it actually lower. It, it's interesting because it raises your sense of urgency around making sure that your grips are secure and that your opponent doesn't have what they want from a gripping perspective. But it lowers your sense of urgency insofar as once you have your own grips, you can be slower, right? Like if you get an arm drag, if you get the guy's arm across uh, in no gi, you, you're going to have to go right away to take advantage of that momentary um, improvement in your own position relative to his. But with the gi, if you can get a good uh, a good sleeve grip and you can drag the guy's arm across and you can reach under and get his collar or reach over and get his back, like at that point you can kind of chill uh, because it's going to be very very hard for him to get that back. Um, so that's that's what I would say is your your impetus to go when you have your grips is much higher in no gi, but in the gi you cannot let your opponent have a grip at all. Like you can't you can't kind of like bait stuff because the risk is just too high. Um, that once they get that grip, that you're you're gonna end up in real trouble. You got to strip them right away. And I think you yeah. hit on something that uh, it's kind of something I repeat uh, in most podcasts: uh, just retaining guard from the butterfly. Uh, you said it, how in gi you need to strip the pants uh, in both gi and no gi, and I guess also for the half butterfly position because mm. I think that's a significant part of butterfly for most gi players. How do you go about guard retention from those positions that would differ from an open guard? Well, it is an open guard. I mean, Sorry, first a, of all. If, uh, a Delahiva, uh, yeah, something like that. Um, everything uh, in Butterfly is about controlling inside space. Um, no one's going to pass you as long as you have strong control of the inside space. And if you lose it, you know, if somebody's able to step their leg in between and start getting into a strong knee slice position, if they're able to get under your legs and start going into an over-under position or a double-unders position for passing purposes, um, man, 
you, you just can't let them. You have to frame away. You have to you know circle your your uh, legs back in, get your insteps re, uh, back inside, and just control that inside space. Anytime you don't have it, you try to get it. When you have it, you're pretty safe. Yep. Uh, like you said, it's an aggressive guard. It's a it's a guard that yeah. you have to go in. It's you. It's a fight. Like the guy's not just after a certain level, the guys are not just going to let you get those positions that inside space uh you're gonna have to fight for it and they're gonna be fighting really hard but not be there like uh especially if they know that that's your game and your specialty um and that, and that goes for most guards but like specifically with the butterfly guard people really start to recognize when they're in danger pretty quickly because it's something that so many people are so good at these days or so many people use these days and are pretty decent at using these days it's 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 been a part of the meta for a really long time and it hasn't really gone anywhere it's still not it's not one of those guards that goes in and out of Vogue. It's so solid and yeah, so useful. And so I would say it's the most prominent. I mean, you look at the best athletes in the sport. I won't say fight because Ben hates it, but I don't Marcelo Garcia. I'm just messing around. It's not a fight. Yeah, I, I agree with that. But I, I, I don't care if people call it that, though. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> but you look at about, about, sorry, you look at the best guys in the sport. Uh, Marcelo Garcia butterflies his game. Gordon Ryan uh, sweeping. Uh, Buchecha in the ADCC Absolute use a half butterfly and a butterfly game. It's neither of those guys. I mean, I would say Marcelo's very athletic, but Mateus uses it from the bottom as well. But Mateus's game is really top control position. Oh, I'm not saying it's his game. I'm saying from the bottom that is yeah. a part but of his game. Craig, Craig Jones, half butterfly. Adam Wardzinski, butterfly, half butterfly. Leandro used a uh, butterfly-ish guard off of his De La Hiva uh, to sweep people. Most of his sweeps are actually uh, single-leg X sweeps. Yeah, and that, that's that's something we'll get into the next episode. Related, we'll talk about yeah. linking guards, but you can see in the sport, even at the highest level, it works. And if it generally the rule of thumb is, if elite black belts are beating elite black belts with something, it probably works. And then another point I would say is basically the butterfly, as we mentioned before. Gets into single leg X, X guard. I uh, come up for a single. And that's something we're speaking about next week. Uh, or sorry, next podcast. Is how to link guards together in a system that uh, works. So that you're able to uh, translate from one guard to another. Without having to worry about your guard being passed. Uh, and I'm looking forward to that conversation. Uh, thank you Ben and Tommy for both being on uh, once again. And uh, I look forward to talking to you guys in a few weeks about the next topic. Thank you. I'd say thanks for having us, but I don't think you can have this podcast without having us. So. Can I return? Yeah, and thank you guys for coming on the podcast, as usual, and looking forward to our next conversation. Cheers. I'm Os. Gonna, I have say to say Os again. Some shit oh, like God. that. You have to watch the movie before you start. I'm gonna. Jokes. Fucking gonna. Oh, I got the screen share, so end the call. God damn it. <laughs>